Hey everyone, welcome to this week's sermon podcast of Living Word Pretoria East. Here you can listen to our latest weekly sermons for your spiritual growth. We believe that this message will really bless you. I mean, guys, are you blessed? Are you excited? Are you amped for the Word of God? See, it is my conviction that God uses the totality of the human body to preach the Word of God, which means that our sound preaches, our what we say preaches, our body language preaches, our facial expressions preaches, amen. So for the next 25 minutes, I'm going to give you all I have, amen. I'm excited for the Holy Spirit has just ministered to my heart, and I really pray that you will open your heart to receive what the Word has to say this morning. See, it's in His presence that we are sanctified, that we are set apart, that we are made new. It's at His feet where we find rest, guys. No other place. It's at His feet. I often tell my wife I find peace when I play golf. It's a lie. Amen. We find peace at His feet, guys. And it's in His presence that we are renewed. So I want you to know that this morning, if you need peace, come on. If you just want to be washed over, be renewed, you have to get to His feet. That's what the Word says. Amen. This morning I'm going to preach from a title which which I called Insight, Insight to Spiritual Sight. Insight to Spiritual Sight. We spoke about what do you see. And in this week, Pastor Anzal and I, we were jogging. And uh, I started looking, looking at uh, just exactly what Pastor Wilmer said we shouldn't do. <laughs> and I realized that it started draining me. And see, when you're on a treadmill, guys, you, you can't go faster than the one next to you. You can move fast, but you're not going anywhere. So there's no point in looking, no point in, that's her business, is my business. And I realized that it really just started ministering to my heart the word that he spoke last week. Is, what are you looking at? What do you see? And this morning I want to speak about insight to spiritual side, and we see in the Word of God, and we're going to jump right into the Word, it says Mark 8, 25, if we can just get that on quickly, Mark 8, 23 to 25, I want to explain something, can you raise your hand to me if you wear glasses, come on, raise your hand, I think it's quite cool, I just can't see through it, but the reality is, there's a stage in our lives when we get a bit older, and we are forced to use it, Amen. So let me explain to you. This is what my father-in-law does when I ask him to read something. He goes like this. And then he starts, he starts adjusting. And I'm realizing what he's doing is he's repositioning what he's looking at so that he can actually see. He's repositioning so that he can see. And I realize that in our lives, often at times when we struggle to see, it's because we're not in the right position. See, when you go to the Kruger National Park and they say, there's a lie and you can't see, what do you do? You just reposition yourself. You find a place so that you can see. Our kids usually, they're strapped in their seats. But when the one misses something, it's a heck of a fight, guys. Because we can't rewind and return what happened. And it's like, they're all over trying to, to see what Anzal said. And I realized often in our lives, when we struggle, when we fail to see, we have to sit back and reposition ourselves 
so that we can see more clearly. And the word of God says the following in Mark 8, 25, 23 to 25, it says, And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit in his eyes, amen, say amen. amen. The Bible is so cool. Do you oftentimes feel like spitting in someone's eyes? You just quote Mark 8.23 when you're done, guys. Amen. So it says, And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit in his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked, Do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. I see people, but they look like trees walking. And this is Jesus' response. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again. See, there's the repositioning. He laid his hands on his eyes again. And the word says, his sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. And I don't know much, but what I do know is we don't need Jesus to touch someone twice to be healed. Amen. And I believe that this is speaking to us spiritually as well, that God is speaking about our spiritual side. See, oftentimes we're saved. We're not in the darkness anymore, but we don't see it clearly. And we're in a constant battle. Lord, should I do this? Should I not do this? Am I seeing it right? Am I hearing it right? And it's the tug and war in our spirits and in our minds. And we're not convinced that we're seeing what God wants us to see. Have you felt like that? And this morning, I'm going to give you some insight, amen, to spiritual side in the Word of God. Because this is the problem, guys. Once you lose your ability to see, you gain the ability to need. When you lose your ability to see, you immediately, by default, gain the ability to need. You need the help of a person, if you're blind, to take you somewhere. You're dependent on other people. When you lose your ability to see, you gain the ability to need. Amen? And we don't need. We don't need. Because our God is all sufficient. In everything. In everything, God is all sufficient. But we have to get to a place where we see right. Amen? So this is what's happening. Paul comes and he preaches about spiritual insight, about what we see in the book of Ephesians. And I'm going to just run it down for you quickly, and I'm going to be fast. But the book of Ephesians is probably one of my favorite books in the Bible for many reasons. But one of the reasons is this. Paul doesn't write an epistle where he corrects the church. In many of his letters, he corrects the church. But in this specific letter, Paul writes with what we call a free hand. He writes and he declares the greatness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says certain things about our spiritual beliefs, about who we are. And in the first, this is, the book's got six chapters, in the first three, I'm just going to give you a foundation. The first three chapters, Paul speaks about what we call heavenly calling. And the last three chapters speaks about our earthly conduct. So in other words, Paul is speaking about one, our position in Christ. It says we are seated in heavenly places. 
And then the last portion of this epistle speaks about the practical execution and application of this position. And this is often the times where I've missed it in my life, where I believe we've missed it. Because we know what the word says. We know that the word says we're the head and not the tail. We know we are seated in heavenly places. We know, we know that we are chosen. We know we are real priesthood. But it just doesn't feel like that. It just feels like we're still struggling with certain things and we can't see. We can't see. And this is what Paul says, Ephesians 1, 13 to 14. It says, and in him, in who? <laughs> in who? <laughs> in him. The word says, in him also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire position of it to praise of his glory. Can we just get that scripture on? Sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1, 13, 14. And this is what Paul's busy doing. Paul's busy reminding the Ephesians of the greatest gift given to believers. The gift of the Holy Spirit. The gift of the Holy Spirit. Here we go. It says, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him was sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of your inheritance until you acquire possession of it to the prize of his glory. See, this, this word seal used in the Bible is very specific and it's very profound in many ways to us. But if you understand what the word means from the Greek perspective, when a contract was sealed in the Bible, it had a stamp on it. And when it was stamped, from that day onwards, that document was under the authority of the one who stamped it. So when it says the Holy Spirit remains as a seal upon our hearts, it says that the Lord has stamped us and we are under his authority. But specifically, legally, there were four things. It was not only under the authority of that stamp. It was, un, it was under the security of that stamp, under the authenticity of that stamp. It was the owner who stamped it. So it was under the ownership of that specific stamp and then also under four things. And when I read it, it really started stirring my heart. When I realized that when the Holy Spirit Stamp my heart. When, when the word says he remains as a seal upon our hearts, what it truly means. And Paul comes and he just beautifully breaks this open for us. The security, the authenticity, the ownership, and the authority of the King of Kings, of the only living God. And I want you to know that this morning. That you are under the security, under the authenticity, under the ownership, and under the authority of the living God. That's who you are. Amen. Come on, let's give him a round of applause. And that's who we are. We serve a living God. And when I reach it, I'm just going to preach a little again. This is what stirs my heart when we get to church. Amen. Because we've just read in the word of God that he sealed us. That the Holy Spirit remains as a seal upon our hearts. And that we are authentically his.
But when we get to church, we don't move authentically anymore. When we move in our business places, we don't move authentically anymore. See, we've got this thing in church, and I'm going to just preach it this morning for a little while because it's convicted my heart, and if it convicts your heart and offends you, praise the Lord, amen, because it's usually when our hearts are not good when we get offended. That's when I get offended, and this offended me. See, the word says, the peace of the Lord surpasses understanding, but it says the peace of the, of, of the Lord will be the empire in whose heart? In your heart. The peace of the Lord is the empire in your heart. The word says, in the counsel of many there is wisdom. But this is what we do in church, guys. We need peace. So we go to a pastor or to a friend or to an elder and we say, I want to start this business. Do you have peace? I want to, I want to go to this certain place. I want to know if you have peace. See, the word says the peace of God will be the empire in your heart. So that pastor better and elder, and we better say, we'll pray that there's peace in your heart. But the thing is, this is what we've done. We've become complacent, and we want to shift the accountability. We don't want to take accountability for what the Lord wants to do, so now we're asking other people if they have peace with us. So that tomorrow when it doesn't work, we can say, but he had peace. The word says, in the council of many there's wisdom. When you need wisdom, you counsel people, not when you need peace. I want you to hear me this morning. When you need wisdom, you counsel people. You don't counsel people for peace. He's the one that gives peace. That's a possible understanding of the peace of the Lord will be the empire in your heart. And I want you to hear me this morning, guys, because some of you guys need to make decisions. You don't have peace because you're running all around asking everybody if they have peace with you. If you want to start a business, you need wisdom, speak to a business owner and he'll help you. and He'll give you wisdom, but he can't give you peace, guys. If you need peace, you need to get to his feet, and he will give you peace. Our destiny is not determined on the opinions of people who ultimately gives us peace. This is what I wrote down. This is important. Once you delegate accountability, you have to get authority. The word says we have authority. We speak to the earth. We command it to heal its fruits over our lives, because this is what the Lord does. When Ezekiel spoke to the bones, the prophet said what? Lord, speak to the bones. And the Lord said, no, you speak to the bones. Why? Because God needs a voice in the earth. God needs someone to speak with authority so that stuff can move in heaven. Because whatever we bound on earth, God, in heaven. Come on, guys. So when we speak, we speak with an authority. And things start moving. But we take accountability for what we say. Because there's authority. When it's under the seal, there's ownership. There's accountability. But then we don't want to take accountability, so we just share in the cake, amen? This is what you do, guys. When you delegate your accountability, you abdicate authority. I want you to catch it this morning. God has given you authority, and you're going to have to be accountable to respond to the Word of God over your life. Because you were born in a time like this and you are unique to the function of the body of Christ. No one else tells you where to function in the body of Christ. God made you unique and he needs you to take accountability and move in authority so that God's name can be glorified. This is what the word says. But see, there was this, we're going to have Mother's Day and I should have preached this on Mother's Day next week. See, we had this lady in the garden long ago. <laughs> And Adam lost his keys. So God made him a wife. And she couldn't find it also. She found something else. Amen. And he went with her. 
We all know how it goes, guys. Adam says it's Eve. Eve says it's a snake. And who now holds the authority? Because we didn't take accountability. And this morning, my prayer is this. When I get excited and preach the word of God, I hope it stirs and ministers to your heart. As Christians, as believers, guys, we have to be accountable. We have to understand that there is an accountability and that there's authority that comes with what we do. Amen. Understand our position. It goes further in 2 Corinthians 1, 22, 12. And it says, And it is God who establishes us with Christ, with you in Christ, as he anointed us and who has also put a seal on us, given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. The spirit in your heart as a guarantee, a guarantee of what, a guarantee of what is yet to come. Our resurrected Savior. It points to Christ, guys. See, it says, He anointed us and set His seal of ownership on us to, sp- to put His Spirit in our hearts as a, depo- as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. God sealed us off, man. And we need to move in a time like this. We don't change and we don't conform to the world system. I want you to hear it this morning. When God gave an instructive to Joseph, the word says the prison prospered on Joseph's account. Potiphar's house prospered on Joseph's account. Joseph didn't go there and conform to everything and say, okay, guys, what do, what do you need me to do? I'll just, I'll just do as you, as you please. And He knew what he had to do. He made a decision. And the word says because of that, the prison prospered on his account. Potiphar's house prospered on his account. And I want to tell you today, there are family members that are still waiting because they need to prosper on your account. Business owners need to prosper on your account. Churches will prosper on our account. Because we are a generation that says, Lord, we will not, we will not conform to this world. We will not conform to worldly system and worldly things. We know that you've called us and we're going to be bold and we're going to stand and be accountable and take ownership of what God has given us so that his name can be glorified. Amen. Amen. Okay, guys. Ephesians 1, 15 to 18. Listen to what this says. It says, For this reason, because I've heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, and that God, and that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. This is the application, guys. That the Father of glory may give, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. And this is my prayer for us this morning, that God will give us a spirit of understanding and of revelation in him. See, spiritual wisdom, I'm going to touch on this quickly, spiritual wisdom, guys, has got nothing to do with your IQ. Amen? I don't care what you do, I don't care how old you are, because if we're saying it's, got depend- it's dependent on IQ, then God is unfair, amen, because some people are still small. And our God is not unfair, amen? The same Holy Spirit that fills us are the same Holy Spirit that fills our children. 
spiritual understanding and revelation in him that is given by the Father of glory. It's got nothing to do with your IQ. It's got nothing to do with your EQ. And it's got nothing to do with how many times you visited the library this year and what results you in the matric exam. It's got nothing to do with that. It's got to do with your heart and knowing the Father of glory. It's about, are we willing? See, in other words, to truly know God requires God. To truly know God requires God. The question this morning is, guys, are we willing to let, let everything go? All our opinions, perceptions, and just say, Lord, here's my heart. Holy Spirit, fill me with understanding, fill me with revelation, so that I may see. Fill me with insight, because I want to see. See, can we get to that place, guys? Because I really believe in my heart, guys, and this is, I'm going to say this with a smile. <laughs> Am I smiling? I've got a small mouth. Doesn't sound like it, but I do. Listen, guys. We have a responsibility to get at his feet. And just say, Lord, here's my heart. Here's my opinions. Here's everything. I need healing. I need restoration. But what I need is a spirit of revelation and of insight it says, peace and grace be multiplied to you in the understanding of Jesus Christ. And this is my prayer that the church will get to a place where we truly see grace and peace multiplied because of the understanding that we have, because of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. It's not about, guys, what we feel and what we think and who said what. Janine spoke so beautifully this morning just about being kind. It releases a blessing. It releases a blessing. And we have to get to that place, guys, where our hearts are tender and we say, Lord, we need you. Holy Spirit, we need you. But we also understand that when the Holy Spirit is in our hearts, that there's ownership and that there's authority and that there's authenticity. And I want to encourage you this morning to be you. I encourage you this morning to be you. To be the best you God has made you. Because God made you. Amen? Your neighbor didn't make you. I don't hope so. No, I'm kidding. God made you. You have to be the best you. There's a unique purpose and a unique plan. That's where, that's where Paul speaks about the heavenly calling. There's a unique purpose and a unique plan for you. But you've got to be bold in this season and step out and say, Lord, I'm going to take it. The word says, violent men take my kingdom by force. And I'm going to be violent and I'm going to be bold in this season. I'm going to take it by force because I want to see his name glorified. We heard testimonies this morning, guys, of what the world looks like. Let me give you a new slash quickly. Hashtag, you can take nothing to heaven. <laughs> nothing except other people. Except other people. And our focus as a church has to be people, has to be God's people, has to be the ability to get them, preach the gospel. 
I drove this morning and oftentimes when I see people that struggle with certain things, my heart gets, I get emotional about it. But this is what I realize, guys. You can't just give them a blanket and give them food. You give them the gospel first and then you give them a blanket and then you give them food because something needs to change. There's power in the name of Jesus. When you preach the gospel, someone life changes. Someone once said, don't give, give a child a fish, amen? Teach him how to fish. Then he'll eat forever. You give him one fish, he eats for a day. You teach him how to fish, he eats forever. And that's our role, is that we preach and bring the fire, amen, of the Holy Spirit so that people can be set free so the world can know that he lives. And then, guys, you give him a blanket. Amen. The word says, Lord, give us today our daily bread. Not, Lord, give me today my daily bread. That's not what the word says. The word says, Lord, give us today our daily bread. Amen? No, Lord, feed me today. It's not what the word says. God moves corporately. The word says, so us. Lord, give us our daily bread. The body of Christ, give us our daily bread. You want to feed people, so Lord, give us our daily bread. And when you start stewarding what you have, then God will bless you with the ability to give to others as well. But we pray, it's us. That's us. There's no divide and conquer, guys, in church. And I'm going to clear this over us this morning. It's a body. And it's called the body of Christ. Amen. I'm, I'm closing. I have to close fast. We have to do communion. Amen. I forgot about that. Is that okay? All right. We're going to go straight into communion now. I'm going to read a last scripture because I need to bless someone with this quickly. In the book of Daniel, Daniel 10, Daniel sees a vision and he's standing on a river bank, that's what the word says, and it says he lifted up his eyes and he looked and behold a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold around his waist. His body was like a pearl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like gleam and burnished bronze and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude and goes further in 10 and says and behold a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees and he said to me O Daniel man greatly loved understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright for now I've been sent to you and when you had spoken this word to me I stood up trembling you go read that. You can go read that whole version. I want to. I want to. I want to bless you with it. But this is this is what really stirred my heart. If we can go to verse four quickly. Daniel was busy fasting. It says, on the twenty-fourth day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river. Verse five. I lifted up my eyes and looked, and behold, a man clothed in linen, and and this is what happened, guys. He was fasting for twenty-one days. Daniel was fasting. And it says on the 24th day he saw this vision and something happened. And when I read the scripture, the wicked really blessed my heart because this is what I read. I never knew this. We read the Bible, amen. And sometimes we just read to read. Then don't read the Bible, read the story. No, I'm kidding. The Spirit needs to give us understanding. <laughs> but it says, an angel came and appeared to Daniel. But this specific angel needed the assistance of another angel. 
an archangel called Michael. Have you read this before? It took the angel 21 days to get to Daniel. 21 days. Let me read it to you in the Word. Finding it, guys. It says, The Prince of Persia. The Prince of Persia fought with the angel 21 days. Can we read this? The Prince of the Kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I was left there with the kings of Persia and came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for days yet to come. It says, when he first humbled himself, Daniel, the Lord heard his response and sent an angel. That angel needed the assistance of another angel and got there 21 days later. And you want to pull your hair out of your head when you, God hasn't answered your prayer in two days. I want you to understand this quickly this morning, guys. There's a spiritual battle out there in here, and it's real. And it's real. And he was humbling himself, fasting in front of the Lord. And I shared this specifically for someone this morning. He's saying, Lord, I want to give up. I haven't seen that breakthrough in my life. I've been praying, I've been fasting. I want to tell you, help is on its way. You keep on praying, you keep on fasting, you keep on surrounding you with people in church, you keep on coming back to church, you don't isolate yourself, you keep on humbling yourself. And I'm telling you today, help is coming. Help is coming because God is faithful. Nothing and no one will change that. God is faithful still today. Amen. Come on, we can get the communion ready. Luke 22 verse 19. If we can get some background music, then I'm going to ask the church just to go and, and get their communion. I just want to read a scripture for us quickly. Luke 22, 19. 20 says this. And he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me and likewise the cup after they had eaten saying this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood guys we are under a new covenant amen and we have to thank God for making a way for us to have relationship with him see this is the thing this is the difference between religion and relationship in religion you will always fall short you will always look at God and say, am I holy enough? Am I worthy enough? Am I, am I, am I? By works and by deeds. And you get to such a place that you even start questioning, do we really have relationship? This is what religion does. It makes you question relationship. But the God we serve 
is a relational God because communion in its essence means He's a relational God and this is what relation says. Come just as you are. Come just as you are. Just the way you are, come. I love you. I want to show you my love. And I want you to take part in what I've done for you. And for you, and for you, and for you. So you guys can please come and get communion. We'll keep our hearts and eyes focused on on the Holy Spirit, we're going to close with a communion this morning. If you sit down long, I'm going to start preaching again. <laughs> Amen. Does everybody have communion? Can you raise your hand if you missed yourself? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I'm just going to pray with us, but before we do that, you can you can take the bread and and take it in remembrance. The word says this is his body that was broken and given to you. says and likewise the cup after you have eaten saying this cup is poured out for you as the new covenant of my blood you can take it and father as a church this morning we want to come and honor you We thank you for your son, Jesus. Father, we thank you for the resurrection power that manifests in our life today. I thank you, Lord, for the blood of the new covenant. Father, we release it this morning. Father, I thank you that we can celebrate the precious gift of life today. And I thank you, Lord, that we can be drawn to Jesus through the repentance, Lord, through faith. But we can also be reconciled and restored. So I thank you, Lord, for restoration in hearts this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you that I can speak healing over everybody in this place in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we love you, we honor you, and we give you praise. I thank you, Lord, that we are sanctified and that we are set apart for a time like this. And we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, Amen. Guys, we're not going to formally take up an offering this morning. We're going to put the baskets in front here this morning. But I'm going to share a quick principle with you and then we're done. The word says in Isaiah, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout. The word says, Giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out before my mouth and it shall not return to me empty. I want you to know that the word of God over your life will not return to him empty. The word says it will accomplish which he has sent it forth to do. And I'm gonna remind you of that this morning. And I made a note here and I'm gonna close with this. The word says God gives seed 
to the sower and bread to the eater. Not bread to the sower and seed to the eater. Seed to the sower and bread to the eater. And if you understand kingdom principles, you'll understand that you're going to eventually end up with bread and seed in your hand. And then you're going to have to be able to see. Because if you don't, you're going to eat your seed and sow your bread. You're going to eat your seed and sow your bread. Whatever you mismanage in life, you will lose. Whatever you mismanage in life, you will lose. If you mismanage your marriage, you will lose it. If you mismanage your business, you will lose it. If you mismanage your kids, you will lose them. Whatever we mismanage, we lose. How do we fix it? We manage it. How do we manage it? We get at His feet and we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us. And this is what I pray for us as a church, that God will teach us to become effective stewards so that His name can be glorified. Amen. I'm going to close for us in prayer. Please have some coffee. Please, I'm sorry I went over time this morning. I'm going to pray for us. Please have some coffee. Please enjoy the time with us. Remember Mother's Day. Amen. Next week, Sunday. Hashtag bring a friend, bring a lady, bring your mom to church. It's going to be fun. Let's close our eyes. Father, we thank you that, that we can just know, Lord, that, that you are faithful. Holy Spirit, our prayer this morning is that you will come and truly, Lord, enlighten us and that you will come and illuminate, Father, that you will give us a spirit of revelation and a spirit of understanding, Lord, in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you will open our eyes, that you will help us, Lord, to reposition ourselves in the season so that we can see what you want to do, Lord, so that your name can be glorified. This has got nothing to do with us, Lord, all about you. Father, I thank you for every seed sown this morning. I thank you, Lord, that I know that the soil is ready to receive the seed. And I thank you, Lord, for a multiplication in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you that your hand of favor rests on us. I thank you, Lord, that I can pray that you will be gracious to us in this week. In Jesus' mighty name, that you will make your face shine upon us, Lord. Receive the glory this morning as we give. Receive the praise. And Father, as a church this morning, we want to declare in unity that we love you and we honor you and we want to be, Lord, dependent on nothing else but your Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, Amen and Amen. God bless you guys. Enjoy. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to know more about who we are and what we do, go visit our website on lwpe.com. You are formed to function, so let's build.